0: Fuel for freedom. Add a spark to your day or night. You get to choose which best serves you. Introducing Tony Rusing. My name's Tony Rusing. It's nice that you've joined us today. I want to talk to you about something real exciting. The new normal. Isn't that the most ridiculous thing you've ever heard? The new normal? Every single day is a new normal. Right now, it's happening a lot faster than it used to. And what we are charged with is trying to make all of those adjustments and make them as fast as we can in the workplace, in all of our other relationships as well. So we have to decide to be delighted or feel good about this new normal. And yet, tomorrow, the new normal will change again. So How do we manage that? Let's talk about how we improve our perception. Because if we start there, we have a much better chance of really managing our time and managing ourselves more effectively, giving us the energy and the enthusiasm we need to do our job, to live our life, and to live it in a joyful and happy way. So when we look at perception, we have to realize that all of us suffer from inaccurate perception, every one of us we have a perception that belongs to us. It's like our opinion. And yet at the same time, that perception changes and how you see your world today is different than how you saw it back in January or February or March or April. And so whatever month we're in, your perception has changed because it's a constant never-ending process. So I think we can all agree that all of us suffer from inaccurate perception about something. And self-deception is seeing things as we wish they were rather than as they are. And when we see things as we wish they were, we're always longing, we're always wanting, we're always thinking about what's next, what's next. And that brings us to what we are really trying to accomplish. And that's a differentiation between what we want and what we need. And There's a difference in the two because our perception influences our life and our personal and professional relationships requires developing some correct perception more often. And when we do that, we're going to be better off because it's how you see your world. It's how you taste your world. It's how you hear your world. All of those things go into your perception. And we have to determine what really values are there for us. What is it that we value? And then what the people around us value as well. So there's four ongoing activities that go into this. First of all, we have to recognize that we all have specific needs. And we don't want to get those confused with the things that we want, because they're very different. A need is for shelter, for an example. Well, you might want a a three-bedroom or a four-bedroom home with three and a half baths, but you really only need shelter. So what you want and what you need are different. And it gives us some specific undivided attention to think about the difference between a want and need. Because if we give it that undivided attention, we start recognizing these are the things that we need. These are the things I want and there is a difference between the two for an example we need as i said shelter what else do we need well we need to feel safe and secure and how do we feel safe and secure by recognizing that fear can rob us of feeling a need for safety and fear is a good human emotion but we have to be careful Because sometimes false evidence appearing real, which is an acronym for fear, tells us that we're being afraid of something we should not fear. So we develop our self-confidence, and in our self-confidence, we become more effective at managing our perception so we do a better job of dealing with our need for safety. We have to know the difference between a want and a need, because it tracks how we manage everything in our lives. And if we look at, at, at our, our age bracket, for an example, things change between the things we want and need. For an example, teenagers want freedom, so they think they get it with a car. So they want a car so they can have the freedom. Well, what we really need, what they need, and what we all need is discipline. And We have to discipline ourselves to know the difference between a want and a need, and you treat yourself with dignity and respect by being really Im- uh, focused on being able to understand how your perceptions need to be in alignment with reality. So let's look at our attitude, their mental habits, their positive or negative. Your attitude toward yourself has a direct reflection on how you feel about other people. So all those things go into how you manage your attitude, which helps you with your perception. And attitudes come in a variety, but we know this. You don't want to play the plum game, the poor little unfortunate me game that some of us play all the time. How are you? Well, I'm okay. I'll probably be all right in a week or two. (laughs) And we start feeling sorry for ourselves. So I must learn to manage my attitude so my attitude doesn't manage me. That's really the, the the. The whole idea behind staying positive. So you act yourself into right thinking because you can't think yourself into right acting. You can't say, I I think I'm going to get excited on next week. That's ridiculous. If you're going to be excited, you have to become what you think about and you have to act yourself into right thinking because it'll take forever to think yourself into right acting. So behavior is always an observable reality. And behavior is, is the, is the sum of that, that choice that you make. It's the sum of your attitudes. It's the sum of how you're managing your perception. And, and your behavior, just like your attitude can be positive or negative because it has positive or negative consequences. And that's really how that's slightly different than your attitude because you've actually behaved in a certain way and you get an outcome and you want the outcomes to be more positive than you do want negative. Attitudes and behaviors impact your communication with other people. So when you put an effort into the quality of your communication every day for a month, by the end of the month, you will have had 30 opportunities to create a new reality, a new normal for you as it pertains to your communication. So think about that just a little bit. Every morning you wake up and you decide what kind of day you're going to have. And when you make that decision, you take that and move it forward. So if you attempt to handle today's challenges with yesterday's solutions, well, that could lead to some chaos. And that's why we always have to be willing to understand and be clear on the fact that our lives move forward. Communication doesn't just happen. Communication matters. And when you take the time to decide to do something different with your communication, that 30 days will give you those 30 days of commitment they are going to help you make a difference in how you communicate with others. And if you attempt to handle today's challenges with yesterday's solutions, that's going to lead to chaos for you. So guess what? You're always trying to get to the new normal, but the new normal is going to change, and you need to change with it. And, you know, I'm not the only person that said this. Let me give you another example of somebody a lot smarter than me who made a very similar statement about problems and the world and how things change and you can't use yesterday's solutions. This is what he said. The world we've made as a result of the thinking we've done thus far creates problems that we cannot solve at the same level at which we created them. That's a quote from Albert Einstein. He said that, and this was a gentleman who really knew what he was talking about. So I subscribe to that. I believe that we have to always look and recognize that problems solved create more problems, and that's okay because that's aligning us with our perception and our reality. There is something that you can add to that that I think can be helpful and useful. Empathy. We can practice empathy. And I say practice because I think everything in life is a practice. We practice how to communicate. We practice how to lead. We practice how to parent. And we have to practice empathy. We know how to sympathize. We know that sometimes when we sympathize with someone, we stand next to them. We may not say anything, but we stand next to them in their pain, their sorrow, their frustration. And sometimes the silence between us is all that needs to be there for sympathy. But with empathy, there's a little bit of difference. Empathy is having the right attitude toward the other person and, and the, the people around you. And empathy and having the right attitude means that sometimes you have to have an attitude of caring when you really don't want to care, but that's the appropriate attitude to have. You're busy, you're, you're working away, and somebody comes and says, can I talk to you a minute? And your brain goes, oh, gee whiz. And the truth is, maybe that person's put in front of you because they need you in that moment, and you need to help them in that moment. You don't even know it. But ep- empathy is caring. And the process of grasping or understanding another person's point of view is how empathy really gets started in you. And empathy is having the right attitude toward others. I can't repeat that enough. If you put that in play, then caring comes about. Then seeing another person's point of view comes about. That makes it much, much easier. The process of grasping or understanding another person's point of view. There, I've said it all twice. And that's important because with spaced repetition, we remember lessons we're supposed to learn. So give everyone the kind of treatment. You would, if you were being your best self, and when everyone is valued, your confidence quotient goes up exponentially, and your self-confidence goes a long way toward having the confidence that is necessary to deal with a new normal that's always becoming a new normal. That's why it's so important for us to always be lifelong learners, because we're going to learn something every day if we're looking to learn and if we're willing to learn if we're willing to set aside some things and take on new things it's interesting but i read an article at one point this is something you might want to look up look up what it takes to be someone who knows how to unlearn there's a lot out there on the web that can teach you how to unlearn something because we learn something early on in our lives and we use that something And we use that something and continue to use it. Abraham Maslow said, we start out not knowing that we do not know something. And then we get to a place where we know we don't know how to do something. Then we get to a place where we're trying to practice and develop the ability to have that as a skill, or we're learning how to, to, to get better at something. And then we become unconsciously able to do whatever that is. He called it an unconscious incompetent, a conscious competent, a conscious competent, and an, and an unconscious competent. Let me repeat that one. An unconscious incompetent, a conscious incompetent, a conscious competent, and an unconscious incompetent. An example of that would be the little the little person in your life who can't tie their shoes. So you as a mommy or a daddy say, honey, come over here. Let me tie your shoe and you tie the shoe. Well, one day they look down because they don't know that their shoes are untied. But one day they look down and they recognize that their shoes are untied. So they went from not knowing something to knowing something. And now they try to tie their shoe. Well, when they tie their shoe and they come to show you what what they've done, they're all excited. They've got a little bow, it's on the top of their shoe, and it's real loose. And you know, and I know that it's going to fall out, but they don't. And guess what? They're so excited about tying their shoe. Are you going to say to that little person that bow is going to fall out, or are you going to? affirm them, and appreciate them for their effort. Wow, look, you tied your shoe. And they get all excited about it. Which one of those do you suppose would push them further on to being able to do it automatically? I think encouragement goes a lot further because you've empathized with the fact that they did know how to do it, and you've turned that into a positive moment for both you and them. So this is a relationship driver and you use it with adults just like you do with children recognition something all of us need and want we get past ourselves to be able to give recognition to others and then choose friendly over fear i mentioned that that fear is false evidence appearing real so be friendly with yourself and know that safety yes is a need in our lives but it can be destroyed when we are fearful Confidence is more than an appearance. Please let that sink in. You have to be confident and you have to choose to develop your confidence. And when you put a value on it, what it's able to do is help you grow and stretch to reach all the potential that you have. So empathy has an impact on you and it has an impact on others. It's a natural law. The other thing we know about it is it's also imperative that you become a really good listener. And the more effective you are at listening, the easier it is to be empathetic. And you want to question yourself as you listen and and try to determine what you're hearing. And when you're able to do that, you're putting a fundamental strategy together to help this person become more effective and helping yourself become more effective at the same time. If you help enough people get what they want, you will get what you want. That's how it works. I'll give you some fundamental strategies here. There's about 16 of them, but I'm not going to go through all of these. What I'm going to do is going to pick out one or two or three, maybe, and just touch a base with you. First of all, honesty. Honest with yourself so you can be honest with other people. Promise-keeping. If you make a promise, keep your promise. That's enormously important. We've already talked about attitudes. You have to be patient. And patience with yourself is a bigger challenge than being patient with others. Because we start feeling something inside, and then our body language changes, our facial expression changes. The way we say things to each other changes, so that becomes an important one. So that's that's three with that additional four. I said honesty is one, promise-keeping is another. The third one I said was attitudes, which we've talked about a little bit. We've just touched on patience, and here's another one. Enthusiasm. Enthusiasm comes from the Greek word enthios or ethos and that means spirit within. Your enthusiasm comes from the spirit you have within you. And when you put all of that together, you begin to see things in a different way, and your perception shifts gradually, gradually, and you notice that after a period of time, you've changed. You've changed for the better. Why? Because you've decided to do things for yourself that benefit not just you, but others, and that's the real keeper. You make that promise to yourself, you keep that promise for yourself, and your enthusiasm will soar because your attitude will become more and more positive. One more thing, be patient with yourself. You're worth it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again. This podcast is produced by TalkEdits.com. You talk, we'll edit. If you like what you're hearing, hit the subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. If you want to know more about Tony, visit AimYourSights.com. That's AimYourSights.com. Thanks for listening.